We've almost reached the end of this 10 chapter reading road. Try not to be too heartbroken. I'm gonna have to start working on some more short stories for when I finish reading the series. Luckily, I technically only need to write one a month, but even then it would have to still fit in with the rest of my busy life. But hey, we don't need to worry about that, right now at least. Right now, we just need to focus on enjoying the moment as we're in it. After all, we do still have a few months left. So without further ado, let's get into reading chapter 7 of my unpublished novel, Shrouded Personas. Shrouded Personas, written by Portia Aubrey, narrated by Portia Aubrey. Chapter 7 Oh, good morning, Timber! Mrs. Runson greets me, her youngest boy, Toby sucks on his thumb as she carries him in her arms. A boy and a girl scream in the background as they chase each other around the house. The poor woman's black hair is a mess, and the bags under her eyes are gray and more noticeable than the acne, riddling her small chin, long nose, and high forehead. There's a booming tunnel followed by high-pitched weeping. Mrs. Runson exhales, dropping her head to the ground, smiling gently. I reach out my arms and take the baby from her. I'm leaving in three days, so I'm here to help out for a bit before I do. Thank you so much, she speaks solemnly and heads inside. I follow her, shutting the doors behind me. She disappears around the corner and I hold the baby up in front of me. He smiles and laughs as I make silly faces as he attempts to grab my face with his tiny baby hands. He has a small button nose, curly red hair, and curved hazel eyes. His skin is soft, though still has bits of food on it. The crying continues in the background as I make my way over to Mrs. Runson. She's trying to speak calmly, but I can tell that she's either about to start yelling or break into tears herself. I set down the baby next to the eldest child who isn't crying, the girl. Her name is Hope, and she is 10. The middle, Renato, is seven, though he definitely is as still clumsy as when he was a toddler. Gently, I whisper to Hope, look after him for a minute. She nods silently and holds on to her baby brother, doing a good job at supporting the head. I then kneel next to Mrs. Runson and Renato and place a hand on his shoulder, wrapping another around him and pulling him into a hug. He crossed into my shoulder as I continue to cradle him. I don't blame Mrs. Runson for not thinking of this. With all the frustration and stress she must be going through, it's honestly amazing that she can even remember to make food every day, or even remember to get dressed. She's working hard and definitely deserves an award. My shirt is completely soaked, and my knees are sore from staying in place for so long. By the time his crying starts to die down, it's obvious that he wasn't actually injured. He's far too close to the ground to get hurt from when falling down. Though, I'm still gonna check up on him in case if he ends up getting bruises. You doing okay? I ask in a soft voice, wiping tears from his eyes. He nods, his voice squeaking out. Yeah. Alright, good. I grin, and pick him up, somehow maintaining the strength to keep my him in my arms. Let's go and play with your sister. I carry him back to the living room, finding Mrs. Runson laying on the couch, Toby asleep in her arms. The girl's sitting on the other end of the couch, coloring in little circles on a blank piece of paper. The crayons she's using are broken into little pieces. All of them are far too small for me even to hold properly. 
I sat down Renato next to his sister and examined the crayons, then whisper. Want me to melt them all back into one piece? They both ga gaze up to me with grateful and excited smiles. They don't say anything as they nod their heads repeatedly. Laughing, I pick up a few crayons that aren't being used and walk to the kitchen, setting them down on the counter and sorting them into their proper colors. Mrs. Runson snores as I begin melting colors, watching them while also searching for something to use as a mold. It's always entertaining to watch them all melt together, forming a thick liquid of color and sometimes old black glue. The crayons still won't be that big once they're formed, but still better than before. Timber, Hope mumbles my name, tugging on my pant legs. What's up? I ask, taking the pots of hot wax off of the stove. We're hungry, she speaks softly, folding her hands in front of her. Renato appears behind her, timidly staring over her shoulder. I scratch my chin and walk over to the fridge, opening it and searching through the mainly empty shelves. What are you guys craving? I want a sandwich, Hope answers, and Renato nods. Staring back in the fridge, I notice some meats and veggies that can be used. Hopefully they have bread that's not molded or staled yet. But even so, I could just wrap- I could just do lettuce wrap sandwiches. Alright, I smile, taking some meats, condiments, and veggies out of the fridge. Go ahead and sit down. I'll get to work on making some food. There is just enough of a loaf left to make both of them a sandwich, as well as one for the mom when she wakes up. I'm sure she must be hungry. She's probably too focused on caring for her kids to actually feed herself. Where's the baby's food as well? I'm sure that Toby is too old to still be breastfed, so where is his baby food? The kids appreciatively take the sandwiches and silently eat in the living room, making sure to not make too much of a noise and end up waking up their mother. I bet that these moments are the only times that Mrs. Runson can get some sleep, at the same time as her baby at least. It's a shame that her husband is away for work, but he's working hard to support his family, and that still deserves respect even if he's unable to physically be with his family and help out around the house. Using tinfoil as a stencil and a sheet pan to hold it on, I form little shapes that look enough like crayons, spray down the entire thing with oil, then pour in the wax, making sure to keep a close eye on it and make sure that nothing sneaks through any openings or catches fire somehow. After a few minutes of watching with surprisingly nothing going wrong, I finally get the chance to step away uh, since it's time for the wax to start cooling. The kids have finished eating and have gone outside to play around in the dirt. Meanwhile, the baby and Mrs. Runson are still sleeping peacefully. Some drool soaks the mom's shirt, both the baby's and her own. But I can't just but I can just help her for laundry shortly after she wakes up. Taking a seat on the deck, I breathe deeply and contemplate my moves for the next few days. So far, the Rungan has been maintaining its moisture nicely. And I will probably only need to go and gather water tomorrow and the day I leave. Afterwards, I'll have to trust Jeffrey with it. Though I won't be upset if it ends up dying. I could eventually get the chance to get another one. The soft breeze blows my ponytail majestically behind me. It's warmed up a lot in the past hour. In no time, it'll be far too hot for me to even keep my tactical jacket and bulletproof vest on. Hope and Renato gather dirt and grass, piling them next to a short hole in the ground. I already know what they're going to do. Kids did it all the time at my regular schools growing up. They're going to make earth potions of sorts. 
Though they're going to need moisture of some sort in order to up the imaginative proce processes of it all. There's a small lake not too far from here, and the agriculture there is also thriving. So they could harvest some of the plants there too and make stronger potions. They start pushing bits of grass, bark, and rocks into the hole, rubbing some of the ingredients around the walls of the cauldron, making it stain green and show little cuts and scratches. They're quiet, but it seems like a mutual comforting quiet. This is definitely a moment that they'll remember for years down the road. Best for me to leave them be. Rising back up to my feet, I quietly walk back into the house and check up on Mrs. Runson and the baby. The floor creaks below me and there's a slight movement from the baby. Fuck. I hope I didn't wake it up. But just when I think that I may have fucked up, Mrs. Runson rubs her eyes, making the baby actually wake up. Well, at least I wasn't the one who woke it up. Where are the kids? She asks as she carefully sits back up, cradling Toby in her arms. Outside making potions with the earth, I respond, taking the baby from her. I made a sandwich for you. Do you want it now or do you want to catch up on some more sleep first? She takes a moment to contemplate, her stomach rumbling at the same time. I guess I could eat. We walk together to the kitchen and I hand her her sandwich. We are readjusting the baby in my arms so that I am not worried about dropping him. Where's the baby's food? She gestures to the fridge, in the little bottom drawers behind the bags of breast milk. Toby's still not completely off of the milk? I ask, maneuvering Toby in my arms so I can just readjust the items in the fridge. He's slowly getting off of it, but I'm certainly not letting him get off of me from me directly, with his teething and all. She explains with tired laughter, munching down on the sandwich. I wish I'd bought some vegetables or something. There's not, there's not nearly enough food here for everyone to meet their daily and nutritional needs. And I bet that Mrs. Runson is definitely skipping meals just to make sure that her children have something to eat. I pull out two different jars of baby food, one being mashed up mixture of broccoli, carrots, and celery, and another being fruits such as banana and apple. Since it's lunch, lunch I'll go with the vegetable one. Are you planning on having Toby eat, eat a more vegetable-based diet? I've been thinking about it, especially since edible quality meats are far more expensive than vegetables. She places her hand on her chin and stares at her child. Though, I've noticed throughout the years that when children eat a more vegetable-based diet, they develop far better too. That's pr also probably because of the quality of the meat in Syrian alone too. I've seen the same thing growing up as well. I smile and set Toby down on the counter, positioning him so I can hold him with one hand and feed him with the other. What did you mainly eat growing up? She asked me. She asked me this a few times before in the past, most likely for getting the answers I gave her. Growing up I didn't get very much food, being an orphan and all, but in the night school they'd make us- they'd give us some vitamins which gives me- and giving me extra since I always had a lack of them. But instead, I tell Mrs. Runston a stretch of the full, of the truth. Well, as you know, my parents died when I turned one. But whenever I was at school, my teachers would sometimes give me snacks, and I also got given vitamins due to my lack of resources. Wait, so you never got adopted? She asked me, taking a final bite of her sandwich. Or even went to see if a grandparent, aunt, or uncle? Not even a family friend? Anyone I had an emotional connection to was killed. Smiling, I shake my head. I don't have a very large family. Oh, 
She lowers her head slightly, a heavy yawn escaping her throat. <sighs> Before she could try to find a way to continue the conversation, I nod towards her bedroom. You can go finish your nap. I've got things here. Are you sure? She asks, watching as Toby, Toby obediently eats up the mashed vegetables off of the little rubber spoon. It's honestly amazing how much he obeys. Usually children throw a tantrum about eating such things. Wiping off a little bit of the food that got stuck to Toby's teeth, cheek, I smile and nod. Of course. You go rest up. And that is chapter 7 of my unpublished novel, Shredded Personas. And don't worry, it won't take much longer until I've officially published it. Also, that yawn was perfectly timed. I felt it coming up and then all of a sudden the story had a yawn written into it, so I just let it out. <laughs> Alright, so now check out my novels, Death Trail, Flame Rip, and Arctic Blaze on Amazon and Kobo, link in description. Check out Crave Run Club Premium on Patreon and Spotify, link in description. Check out the Crave Run Club Discord server in the description. Check out my personal Instagram at dark underscore night underscore wolves. And let's bring this musically deadly meeting to an end. <laughs>